This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm pretty good, Josh. Thanks for asking. Uh, I mean, in in some regards, the international break has fallen at a, a bad time because the coronavirus outbreak is on the rise. But it also <laughs> comes at a good time, right? Because uh-huh. we all needed a bit of a level set for yeah. FPL. It was nice to, particularly us in the States, there's just been, the news cycle has been ferocious. Yes. So to step back and say FPL doesn't have to be the most important thing. Yep. So here we are. Now we're going to look ahead to game week nine. And I feel like with a week behind me, I'm ready to make FPL a big priority again. Yeah, no FPL, no election to follow. I had to do actual work around the house. Like, I don't mean to be like, I'm not like that husband who's like trying to get out of it or whatever, but it was just like every project that I had put off for like, you know, for months now, like it got done this weekend. You know, it was like <laughs> uh-huh. this, today was the day when all, you know, when all work was completed. Um, yeah, so I, I'm with you. I'm ready to... Uh, I'm, I'm ready to start focusing on fantasy again, again as well. So um, international break is a great time for spouses, be they husbands, be they wives. <laughs> My yep. wife and I got in the car to take a little drive this weekend and she's like, it's the international break right now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she just like pumps her fist. She's like, got it right. Okay, nice. <laughs> now let's go have a good time and you won't be checking your phone constantly. <laughs> totally. Totally. I know. Yeah. Especially when the matches are, you know, spread out over the entire day. So, um, this week's opening topic is starting fresh brand. That's what we're doing as FPL managers. Listen, I mean, you know, we, you and I don't need a soapbox here about whether these international matches should have been played or not. I think both of us are of the opinion that they shouldn't have been. And yeah. um, I think most people listening to us would agree with that. And so let's just take that as a given. It's um, been a bit yeah. cavalier. I think cavalier well, is the way I'm describing yeah. this break. I feel like, you know, once you have six players from South Korea test positive and, a, and a one of your trainers uh, and you still play the match, I, I'd say that that's that's pretty that's pretty cavalier. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, you know, the impact, I mean, there is an impact though. And I think the yeah. other, the other thing, which we'll talk to, talk about in a minute is, um, 
not only has uh, you know not, not only has you know a, a number of players been exposed to COVID, including Mo Salah, who we'll talk about in a moment. It's a big uh, one, yeah. But these players have all played so many matches, especially the players in the top teams. Uh, you know, virtually two matches a week since the season began, and then uh, all these teams are trying to fit in you know, three matches during this international break as well, um, which is just absurd piled on top of absurd. Um, yeah. We're now seeing very, you know, virtually every player get injured. So, I mean, you learn through the list of players. It's it's incredible. It's all, it's just a top four player, like our teams from, like players from top four teams all across the league are suffering from injuries right now. And so, you know, but again, if, if we want to frame this in a more positive light, right, the starting mm-hmm. fresh idea here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Half the league is injured. Another quarter is exposed to COVID and won't be able to play this weekend or has, has COVID themselves. Um, there's still 25% of the league left, Brandon. Uh-huh. We need to figure out what players that we, you and me, have overlooked that are worth considering moving forward. And I think we've, we're also seeing some uh, some fixers improve for certain teams, certain teams we've overlooked a little bit. So let's just run through. Just If I were to I'd just ask you, Looking at the fixtures ahead, looking at, um, you know, the, the various teams, uh, you know, uh, just what are some players that you've overlooked, Brandon, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, That yeah, you sure. would now, that you are now considering moving forward. Yeah. Leicester is a team that definitely jumps out to me. And at the start of the season, I think Leicester's defense was appealing just for, for the price point. And Vardy had his moment in the sun and then. He, he got injured and faded away a bit. Leicester's run coming up after Liverpool in game week nine is Fulham, Sheffield United, then Brighton before they hit Everton in game week 13. One of the players that um, I had some success with last season was James Madison, and he's slowly been coming back from injury. It's interesting to see Madison on the touchline with Brendan Rodgers you know, while he's coming off the bench. It's almost like Rodgers is grooming James Madison to be the next Leicester City manager the way he like <laughs> takes him under his arm and is talking to him. Yeah. But uh, but I I mean that that's 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 funny and all but I do take it to mean that Rodgers sees a project in James Madison and that's a, a great midfielder there, a great FPL asset. You compare him to Yuri Tielemans. Yuri Tielemans has this great FPL price tag at 6.4. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be honest, as an FPL manager, Madison is often going to be much farther forward when he starts on the pitch. And that 7.0 price tag, I think, is definitely worth reconsidering. And with a lot of these midfielders getting stricken with COVID or pulling up with these injuries, that 7.0 price tag fits in really nice. And if we mm-hmm. start to see Madison starting match after match for Leicester, that could be a good one. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's too bad that suddenly Barnes went back to the bench um, in game week eight, and he was another option. He's actually point one million cheaper than than um, than Madison. But now you're like, Ugh, like, yeah. Do you want risky? to be that? Have all that anxiety wrapped in and up in the uh, will he start? Won't he start? You have. I yeah. mean, Barnes is a fun player. He's a great attacking player, but he seems to. Uh, his his impact depends on the system. And James Madison, as soon as he's fully fit and we know he's guaranteed to start, is a player that is immovable from the starting 11. And you have, that gives you a, a, another level of confidence. I think the other uh, the other team that you know the, some of the players, a set of a set of players, a whole squad, I guess that that I have overlooked 
really outside of um, outside of Timo Werner is is Chelsea and the Chelsea midfield, the Chelsea defense. Um, I had a real snake bitten run early on where I had Werner kind of for all the all the bad times and none of the good times, and I yeah. um, and then I brought in Daniel James right when James was uh, benched. Right, he got benched in game weeks four and five, um, and then he's sort of emerged again as as a viable FPL asset. I, I, I suppose. I guess I'd still be able. Reese James, you mean, not Daniel James? The... Yeah, Reese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never Daniel James. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Reese James for sure. So uh, you know, I think. I mean, you know, Ziyech to me is somebody that I am extremely interested in, and uh, you know, uh, Pulisic. I mean, God, is Havertz flagged as well? Um, oh wait, did Havertz get? Oh, Havertz got COVID. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh yeah. about that. It's yeah, not funny, well, but it's it, just—it's it, crazy it, how many people you know have it's it. It's right not now. funny, and I think it's—it's it's, maybe we can laugh because I think Havertz was one of the early break diagnoses. So I think is if anyone's going to be back for game week nine. Yeah. Maybe Kai Havertz is one of them. Yeah. And of course I'm not laughing like in any way and making light of it, but it's just like, it's sort of, you feel like it's like a, every time you turn over a rock right now, you yeah. find like another player who's injured or, <laughs> yeah. you know, COVID yeah, stricken. Yeah. Obviously Pulisic uh, has this, this hamstring injury now. And I, you know, I, I'm like, I'm actually just too worried about his long-term future now as an American, yeah. you know, it's, USN men's national team yeah. fan to even like, I'm just like, get better soon. And then let's like, you know, let's, let's keep you, you know, under wraps for like a year, like take the season off, man. It's a weird season, you know, just, just chill for a season, you know, <laughs> go play with the under 23s, just get the, get the strength up, do some lifting. Yeah. Um, you know, let's get stronger. You let's worry see. if Pulisic is one of those players who this is just like the rest of his career and then yeah. he will fade like Jack Wilshire or that sort yeah. of a thing. Um, but yeah, hopefully like with enough rest and re- rehabilitation, he'll be, he'll be back to 100%. Yeah. And I, I, he wasn't, you know, hugely injury ridden, uh, when he was at, uh, Dortmund, um, he was, I think his final season there a little bit. So, you know, it's not like this is like dogged him for several years. I think he's maybe just had a little bit of bad luck and, and I mean, you know, Danny Ings, I mean, of course, Danny Ings is no injured himself, but Ings was a player who everyone was like, oh, it's just not going to work for him. Uh, and then he, he served, you know, outside of a freak injury that happened a couple of weeks ago, which isn't, you know, that, that to me is a totally different situation. Cause that's like, you know, it's a tackle, a bad tackle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like he just, you know, went for a long run and pulled up with a hamstring injury or whatever. Um, you know, those kind of tackles are going to happen to anybody, but, you know, but so the player that I was really thinking about was Ben Chilwell. And then hours before we go to pod, Ben Chilwell pulls up in the 34th minute mm-hmm. of the England match with a back injury. And now he is a, a definite doubt for this weekend. So what do we think about Kurt Zuma? One of the, <laughs> would you, would you consider sure. a Kurt Zuma, Brandon? Can I, can I tempt you into a Kurt Zuma? Yes. Yeah, I view Zuma as a, as a Chelsea defensive punchline for a while, but now that I have Mendy and goal, I am, I have given up the Chelsea defense bashing game. Now I am all <laughs> in on the yeah. Chelsea. Suddenly my, my, my tune has changed. I think Zoom is fine. It seems like Lampard is settled on that back lineup with Reese James, with um, with Tiago and Zuma in the middle, and Chilwell on the left. So if everyone stays healthy, I think that's a yeah. locked in lineup. So yeah, Zuma yeah. feels good to me. Yeah, I can't. I didn't realize his price had actually risen 0.4 already. Um, one of those players who might have just priced himself out a little bit there, right? At five point four million, it's just, a just little... all those goals that he's scored have, have helped him skyrocket. Yeah, but unless you think he's like the next John Terry, I mean, it, traditionally Kurt Zuma, I mean, the 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 
the highest number of goals that Zuma has ever scored in a season was two, uh, which is two seasons ago. Um, he's had multiple seasons where he hasn't scored a single goal. Um, he has three already on the season. So I, I think we can kind of target that as kind of a freak occurrence. Um, but, yeah. you know, still sub, sub 5.5 million. I think that's, that's a reasonable price. Um, I think the, uh, the Arsenal defense, which you finally dipped your toe into a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Br- yeah. Brought in Hector Bellerin. So I'm yeah. feeling... I'm feeling good about that. I think that's a fine pick. And yep. it's interesting, like it's it's as soon as both of these teams, Chelsea and Arsenal, just sort of settled on a firm starting eleven, then things started to to um the points started to come. Yeah. It's it's weird though that Arsenal are not doing better. I don't know. It, it's it's a I, I don't quite understand why they're not more fun right now. It feels like they're, they've, they've solidified a little bit and now it's like, I want them to start being a little more enjoyable to watch. And I, and the Aston Villa match obviously leaves a kind of bad taste in your mouth, but you know, even that man United match, I mean, they, they, you know, they were pretty solid and they, they did win, you know, one nil. And so I, I want to get the credit for that, but it does feel like it's not quite clicking with for them right now. And so, you know, yeah. you know, Kieran Tierney is, is somebody that, that maybe is worth the price. Just if Chilwell is out, Robertson has a possible hamstring injury. Trent is out right now. Um, you got to put your money somewhere, Brandon. Maybe it belongs with your boy, Kieran Tierney. I think it might be Bellerin, though, because if uh, if Arsenal play a back five, then Bellerin is the wing back, and then Saka, I think, is on the left wing back, and Tierney tucks in as part of a back three. It's really more of a gamble uh, with Tierney, how far up the pitch he's going to be playing. I think Bellerin is the better FPL pick. So what about um, Bruno Fernandes? I feel like that's another player that you and I have overlooked a little bit. Um, You know, obviously uh, he is, he's never far from the conversation, but I don't think either of us, you or I have ever like really seriously considered having him so far this season. I've definitely done a fictional minus 12 on my team over the break (laughs) in which Rashford comes out and Bruno comes in for him. Lots of different changes that I'd be making, like Potence goes, leaves for Grealish, Son leaves for Ziyech, Rashford leaves for Bruno. And uh, yeah, I think Bruno is the guy. And I think we we rightfully targeted Rashford, both of us in our FPL squads, when he just hit that incredible level of form. Yep. I feel like it's kind of a blessing in disguise that Rashford has the shoulder injury, which seems like a quintessential injury break, uh, yeah, an international totally. break injury, where yeah. it's just like he he's he's not feeling quite right to travel, but he will be fit and yeah. fighting for game week. A little nine. like I feel like Sterling after game week four before that international break was kind of the same thing where he. Yeah he was kind of just back in training on Monday and everyone knew he was yeah. fine. And so it could be the same thing with Rashford, but you, I'm sure Rashford will come good over the coming months, but Bruno is just going to be the guy who is far more consistent, I think than probably than most of the attacking midfielders that we're going to talk about. So I definitely think that Bruno is worth it. And we've been talking about it for weeks now, how Manchester United's fixtures turn starting in game week nine with West Brom at Old Trafford, followed by Southampton, West Ham. Uh, the uh, Manchester Derby's in game week 12, a little dicey. After that, though, more great attacking fixtures with Sheffield United and Leeds and Leicester, whose defense is a mash unit at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think Manchester United attack is a good a good place to put your money. I would actually, 
and this is obvious to everyone, but we, and, and in our early season award ceremony that we did last week, Josh, we were quite critical of Manchester city. And the fact is, is they have not been up to par. Therefore we haven't really had to consider them. KDB though, he's back from injury. He played the full 90 against England uh, just today. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at Manchester city's fixtures, with Spurs, Burnley, and Fulham in the next three. Kevin De Bruyne, this could be the time to jump back on the De Bruyne train. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Um, and I, maybe that fe- this is like such an obvious thing to say, but I, 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 I actually think it does require, I mean, a little bit of a leap of faith um, because he's so expensive. It, it would require, you know, getting rid of a Salah or a Sun, um, maybe, maybe a rash for kind of, it's not how your team, you know, what your team setup looks like. Um, but I mean, this is a player who has not had, I mean, his, his biggest return since game week two was a six point return, uh, in game week seven, uh, yeah. one assist away. He's had two assists basically since, uh, since game week two, he, he blanked twice, blanked the game weeks two and three, uh, didn't play, uh, in the Arsenal match and then blanked at game week five, but then has had assists in the last two matches. So, you know, it is, it's, it's a move. It's like a, a little bit of a risk. I think, you know, it's a little bit of a kind of like, okay, what do you think about this? Like there's kind of a, and mm-hmm. I'm jumping ahead a little bit cause we have some game week nine questions here, but you know, dropping Mo Salah for KDB as like a total upside chasing move, right? Just yeah. do it for, for one or two weeks. I mean, is that, is that something you would consider or is that just too, too risky? Well, I think we need to really talk about Salah and the mechanics of dropping an, yeah. an expensive premium player like that. Uh, that's yeah. kind of a separate thing. Let's if I were to take that. away the the elements of pricing and in a vacuum where I wasn't losing any team value and I and all the caveats. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a fair play. Yeah. Especially like the, uh, especially... the elements of pricing sounds like one of those <laughs> Thomas Piketty books, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I the upside chasing element though I think is is correct because you're kind of just you're really gambling there. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, yeah, you talk about upside chasing like, you know, and for anyone who isn't familiar with this with this in vogue term it's basically this idea that you um you don't worry about any value that you built up in any of your top players and you are just casting about each game week looking for people who can net you double digit returns um and it's a high risk high reward strategy um it does require you to be a little cavalier about how much value like you know if you bought solid for 12 point 12 million and he's at 12.4 now and you want to bring him back later you're going to spend some money to do it right Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, if there was ever a time to do it, it's probably game week nine, right? When, you know, fully, you know, 47 different players are going to come out of this thing with an injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of managers are going to be, you know, nine deep. If you can do it without burning a transfer and you bring in someone like KDB or a Bruno Fernandez and you captain them and they get double digit returns, that is probably worth it. Right. Yeah. That is worth the 0.2 million it's going to cost you to, to drop a Mosala. And I'm looking at Manchester City's injury list, which is shockingly short compared to what we've seen recently. Yep. City's injuries right now are Sergio Aguero. Aguero, obviously a legend, but Jesus is back fit. And we've seen City play much better when they have a dedicated number nine. So, so long as we have Jesus, I think KDB's value yep. is good. Yep. Raheem Sterling, 
he is obviously a huge player for City, but he's not had much of an impact this season. So that's not a huge downside for the upside of KDB. Benjamin Mendy, not a factor. Fernandinho, I think that a valuable player as he is, City have kind of moved on there. And Nathan Ake, who is a second choice center back. So yeah, I, a $50 I, million dollar second choice <laughs> center back. But yeah. <laughs> I do I do see City as a full strength squad right now for all intents and purposes. So yeah, it's it's their moment. If it's going to be a moment, man. Yeah. Maybe I'm talking myself into this one. Uh, I wonder if I could go Foden to, I don't know, Brandon, I'm going to do some working. All right. Don't worry. Josh Lannan's going to go to the old transfer chamber. Yeah. And I also think there's a decent chance I, I burned four this week. I think a lot of managers will, and just, you know, there's a lot of, it, it's just, it seems like it's the right time, right? Like it's this starting yeah. fresh. Like there's a lot of players <laughs> that are injured. There might be some dead weight in your team. If a lot of managers are burning four you know, maybe this is the time to do it yourself and just give yourself an opportunity to set yourself up for the long run. And, you know, if you're burning, if you're taking out players who aren't injured, you know, who are injured, um, then obviously that, that, that does impact the hit a little bit because you're setting yourself up, um, yeah. either for that game week or, you know, sometimes you're like, well, yeah, it's, you know, I don't need to burn this cause I've got Basuma off the bench, but if Basuma is basically like a guaranteed two pointer, um, it probably is worth the risk to try to bring in somebody who can maybe net you a, you know, a, a larger return. I think that that is important because I find myself, uh, getting back in touch with my feelings from last season where it was often a deer in headlights in that I don't know exactly what to do here. So I'm going to default to not doing anything, right. looking at my team coming out of the international break. And I think, well, how injured are these people? Some people with COVID are only going to be out for one week. I don't need to do anything. And what ends up happening is you just lose a week of transfers and you start falling behind. So I think despite so much uncertainty, I would advocate as well for a real proactive approach coming out of the break. Yeah. I mean, we're just seeing some massive score lines right now. You know, we're seeing players that are getting 15 or 20 digit, 15 or 20 point returns uh, on the regular. Um, and if your players who are super expensive, aren't going to be playing in the near future. I mean, Robertson is the, is a big one for me. You know, if he is, seriously injured then he's just gonna have to go right because yeah. they don't have joe Too gomez they, they don't have, they're not gonna have trent gomez van dyke or possibly robertson going into next weekend like what even is that defense what you know it's gonna be so different uh, <laughs> yeah and, and no, fabinho no is probably still out as well and he's yeah. he was you know a decent fill-in for for the central defense so yeah, it's real, it's really bad. Real, real issue for them right now. So um, it's 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 kind of wild right now, and I, I really think that. I mean, one thing I was talking about uh, at the start of this pod was this break. This break just reminded me that we have to like everything is everything is weird in the world right now. Everything is is not normal, and neither is this fantasy season. And let's not try to do a podcast where we pretend that it's normal, right? Uh -huh. Like it's, it's weird. It's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. This is not the, the uh -huh. same as, a, and, which, and like just, and that's fine because it's better than nothing, right? It's like, I remember what it was like in March, April and May when nothing was happening. It was not fun. Yeah. I was not enjoying myself. So give me these, give me these crazy Premier League matches where yeah. you're going to get the occasional eight two or whatever. And it's like, it breaks your brain as a fantasy manager because you don't know how the hell to plan for it. 
yeah. I, I will still take that, but I just, I'm going to try to keep at the top of my head, this idea that, that we're really like, you've kind of got one hand tied behind your back a little bit this season and just, <laughs> and just accept that, you know, cause I think it's right. a lot more fun if you, if you do that, this is my make fantasy fun again, um, moment for today's podcast, Brandon. Well, and if you consider all the flags, injury flags that you might have in your squad, there are plenty of players who are still fit and healthy who are scoring from Kane and Grealish and, and Vardy, just to name all of the Englishmen who are. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is, even though it might feel looking at your team that there's a shortage of real viable assets to play, there's not. There are plenty of great FPL assets for you to turn to. All right, Brian, let's take a break. And we have some actual uh, Game Week 9 questions. We have five questions for Game Week 9 that we're going to tackle right after this. Okay, Josh, we are back. A quick note before we get to our Game Week 9 topics. Special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We often thank new Patreon supporters, but here, Josh, let's just say a blanket thank you to everyone who supports the Always Cheating Pod. And it is a great source for us of moral support, but also the financial support does help keep yeah. the lights on. And, and it genuinely does uh, keep the lights on more than um, more than the uh, regular ad support that we get. If you want to know what it means to support the always cheating pod, just visit us at patreoncom slash always cheating. What you get at various levels of support is just more FPL content an extra podcast. Every week you get our weekend review newsletter, courtesy of mini league mate, we also have special mini leagues and cup tournaments you can participate in and our Slack chat forum. And at the highest tiers, you get an always cheating make fantasy fun again t-shirt. So lots of cool stuff that you can check out. Patreon.com slash always cheating. Yeah. And just a quick shout out to Chuck Morgan, our new Volkswagen patron. And Brendan, I think some people in our Slack would really object to the um, just FPL content. I feel like a uh, like about 30% of the people on the Slack have given up talking about FPL entirely. <laughs> it is now, uh, yeah. it's very much a community of, of, of folks now. Uh, so it's definitely, definitely a blend of captain picks, rate my team, ask Josh and Brandon for him, and then cheese, cheese and video games and lots <laughs> yeah, of other movies, stuff. Movies, TV, yeah, and movies, all that fun TV, stuff. Exactly. So uh, politics too, a little bit as well. We've got, we've got various, various channels for everybody. So um, I think the Slack, which is at the lowest tier, is really, um, if you want to just dip your toe in and see what it's like to be a Patreon supporter, at least check that out. That may be for you. So patreon.com slash always cheating is where you want to go. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. All right, Brandon, five questions for Game Week 9. Game Week 9 kicks off on Saturday. we got our, our typical slate of, of, of four matches a day and, and two on Monday. Does, is it just me, or have the matches on Monday been bad all year? Okay, yeah. I know I'm, try, I'm trying to keep an upbeat you know, tone mm-hmm. in this, this week's podcast, but Burnley, Palace, Wolves, Southampton. I guess Wolves, yeah. Southampton would have been fun about four weeks ago. And now that one just feels like a drag. <laughs> I just don't want to watch any Southampton fixture that doesn't feature Danny Ings. And yeah. that's kind of the the end of it for me, though. Wolf Southampton might be a massive fixture for me. If I go forward as planned, I still have Bohemenez and Podence. Right. And this is last chance saloon for them. Not like last chance saloon, like do something or you're gone. It's more like <laughs> you have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you have to, whether you do anything or not, you've got to go after this game week. So that could be a big fixture for me, but yeah, it's just like these stacked fixtures. If you're a, if you're a 
diehard hardcore FPL manager. You're watching all of these oh, matches yeah. back to back to back. And these are this is a whole weekend just that's we gonna evaporate. S- we got some fun ones too. Uh I think um I mean Liverpool Leicester is I mean Leicester top of the table right now. I, Liverpool are they second? I mean, that actually might be a full on top of the table clash. Liverpool will go into that match with no defense. So it'll be fascinating to see how a Liverpool team at home without a defense does. Now, you know, I mean, they have Joel Matip. He's competent. Uh, If Fabinho is able to play, then that's fine. You have Jimmy Milner who can play a very serviceable backup role. Um, You have the second best keeper in the Premier League, in my opinion, Allison. Um, If Robertson is healthy enough to play, which hopefully he is, and it's just a precaution, then then I, I don't think it's it's like Leicester are going to score seven goals this weekend. You know, I don't think it's going to be quite like Leicester's Man City match, you know, or just a one-sided right. demolition. Yeah, though you do wonder if if Liverpool are that soft in the middle. That's perfect for Vardy, who, like, he, he scores all of his goals by getting in behind in the middle of a defense. So yeah, it's true. I think a lot of pressure is going to be on the Liverpool midfield to help control that game and prevent Vardy from getting released. So uh, it's going to be, it should be a fun match. Vardy having that pen saved last weekend is such a crazy, I feel like the narrative around him is so different right now. If he's coming off a brace, uh, he's on four instead of 13. Like that is just a massive, massive change. I still think Vardy is an interesting pick. Like as I was talking about Lester at the start of the pod and, and their Lester's fixtures being great after the Liverpool fixture, just bringing him in for Liverpool. The more we talk about this Liverpool defense, it just doesn't feel that daunting. Yeah. If it makes more sense for you to bring Vardy in this week, looking ahead at the fixtures. Yeah, that's actually, it's question four. So I'll just bring it to the top here. Danielle Brown says with Liverpool players falling like flies, is Vardy a prime target for game week nine? And then I think Mikey hits on, you know, an important point here, which sort of in line with that, which is, would you get Vardy or hold Kane? And I think the the one issue with, with having Vardy is it's not easy, I don't think, to to swap him in. I mean, you're not going to swap him in for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, right? No. They play, they play Fulham. He's a captainable asset in that match. Um, and and then the question is whether you want to have Kane and Vardy, which seems like a lot of a lot of money up front. It does. God, when you put it that way. I don't know that I could really put Vardy ahead of Kane in the pecking order, a healthy Kane. Yeah. Spurs fixtures are getting a little weird with City, Pretty Chelsea, bad. and Arsenal yeah. being yeah. the next yeah. three. But yeah. Kane, he is fixture proof. He's feeling like as close to a season. It, like we, we talked about the year of the forward. A lot of these forwards feel like season keepers to me between Calvert Lewin and Kane. And maybe you've got yeah. an inter- interchangeable third spot if you're playing three up front and it's more the midfielders that I see myself rotating in and out through the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at these pictures I had for Kane. I mean, I, I, none of them really seem that bad. Like, you know, even son. Okay. Like son may not even last through this weekend for me. It kind of depends on how the, all these injuries shake out where there's eligible to play this weekend. Um, but like Kane away to Chelsea, that doesn't seem that bad to me. Kane, Kane home to Arsenal seems fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if, if, um, if Watkins can score a brace in Arsenal, then I, I, I think Kane can as well. Um, you know, the Man City one tricky for sure. Uh, maybe the trickiest, although, I mean, honestly, like I, I might vice captain Kane this weekend, right? Like he feels like a, 
Like, I mean, I don't, is there ever a game week where you're like, oh, Kane, this is an instant blank for Kane, right? There's no chance he's going to get anything. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm trying to imagine what that would be. And maybe a way to Man City or Liverpool when they're at their best. But I'm just trying that. to think of the the logic process you go to to end up with Kane as a vice captaincy. Kane just feels like, let me explain myself here. Kane mm-hmm. just feels like a guy where either it's a great game week for him and he's captained or you just don't rate the Spurs fixture at all. I disagree. I, to me, Kane is so liable to get an attack return at any time, no matter who he's playing. And he's always going to play 90 minutes. He's always going to play, right? Uh-huh. Kane, I mean, you know, if Kane is injured, you typically know it too. It's not like he's one of, he's not one of these players that, that tends to nurse. I mean, when he, I feel like when Kane has an injury problem, it's like a massive problem that like knocks him up for 12 weeks. Yeah. You know, he doesn't carry like small injuries typically. Um, so I feel like, you know, I, so I just feel like I just trust him to play 90 and that's, I feel like sometimes that's just what I want in a vice captain. This is why I vice captain Basuma all the time, Brandon, because I just know <laughs> he's going to play 90. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to contradict myself here. I'm trying to figure out where I land on this Vardy question specifically. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, now like looking at all the, the midfielders that we want to squeeze in. I'm just I, I just don't know how I sacrifice to play Kane, DCL, and Vardy up front. So yeah, that's a those, that right? that's a differential move. That's an upside move if you're just hoping that Kane comes across a rough patch and yeah. Vardy uh, helps you gain ground. Yeah, I mean, you, I guess you could go. Like for you, for your team, uh, I mean, you you could in theory. I mean, you don't have such a great fixture. Probably wouldn't want to do this, but you could go um, Rashford to Grealish, right? Yeah. And then that would free up the money to go Jimenez to sure. Vardy. Um, I, I don't know that I, I don't, especially at a minus four, I don't see that as an optimal move. But that is something that that could happen in theory. Yeah, if I was def, if I were ready to jettison my Wolves players, I would actually consider that. But I'm feeling like. Southampton at the uh, Southampton home might be it might be the last great fixture for Wolves. So, but I take your point. Yeah. So our feeling at Kane is or Vardy is, you know, <laughs> great player. You may, you may have heard of him. He's a, he's a pretty uh-huh. good player. Scored a handful of goals in the Premier League over the last seven years or whatever. Um, but not a player I would sacrifice Kane for. Uh, I I'm, I'm just I, what what does Kane have to show us so far this season for us not to see? I mean, like you, I know you you said it and then almost walked away from it a little bit. But I mean, to me, the borderline season keeper thing does feel kind of valid. I mean, he's he's had exactly one game week where he's blanked all season. He's got seven goals and eight assists on the season. Um, he's on pens. We know how important it is to have a penalty taker and you're to have as many yeah. penalty takers as possible on your team this uh-huh. year. Um, he is Brandon. You're not going to believe this. Okay. You know, I love Go my on. ICT ranks. Big fan. Uh, right. Yeah. Lay it on me. Kane. Number one in influence. Number one uh-huh. in creativity. Number one in threat and number uh-huh. one in ICT index. So wow, he's just running yeah. the ICT table. That's it's, that's it's an crazy. incredible, incredible. Yeah. One day right we'll there. learn what those things mean, and when uh-huh. we do, that'll be that it's really going to hit you like a hammer <laughs> over the head. But congrats to him, uh, doing great in the ICT charts. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, he's he's a great player. He's in great form now that he's got this. Like I, I heard it referred to as a nine and a half role, right? Or he's like a, he's a forward who also comes back and links up mm-hmm. a son. And and I, I also just like on a personal level, I mean part of having fantasy part of playing fantasy is just the fun of it. And I love having Harry Kane on my team. I loved, I love, I love when I can root for him. I love watching him play. 
Um, I just love, I'm just, I love him, Brandon. I think he's great. You know, he's, he's super fun to play. He plays super hard. He's, he's, he's a delight. You can't call Harry Kane a nine and a half and not cause me to think about the great erotic movie, nine and a half weeks starring Mickey right. Rourke and Kim Basinger. So now <laughs> I'm going, I'm just going to have to think about nine and a half weeks every time I watch a Spurs match and that's okay. <laughs> All right. So that was question four, which became question one. So let's make this very confusing. Uh, question. The first question that I had on here um, is, uh, We've talked about this a little bit already, but the question is, is is anyone going to be healthy? Is anyone actually going to play in game week nine? And I think the the actual question here is you, Brandon, how, and this comes from Chico Fernandez. He says, Mm -hmm. how many hits are you, and I think he means you, I'm just assuming Uh that, even though he doesn't name you at all, uh, are you taking this week, are you thinking about taking a, a minus four, a minus eight, a minus nothing and and not, and not burn points at all uh yeah. what are you what are you thinking about doing i'm still thinking about rolling my transfer uh to be honest i'm thinking of making wow. no transfers at all it's like and, a galaxy brain like uh <laughs> yeah 40 curveball yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but i mean as far as i know i'm pretty lucky with my flags now a lot of that does hinge on whether or not sun is past fit to play in that city match if sun does not uh passes covid test then he's out sala probably out and rashford with this shoulder injury i would think of all three of them those i'm yeah. probably more most confident that rashford is going to play sala we're going to talk a bit more about him in a moment so i won't say too much about that but yeah the way Please i don't <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like international breaks generally they are oh the week the game week after an international break it's always the hardest one to predict and yeah. it's always the one with the fluky score lines and kind of the 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 play is often muted it's yeah i don't want to say it's like a throwaway throwaway week but i just don't feel good about i like the idea of the blank slate that we we're talking about at the start but i don't feel good about confidently yeah doing some restructuring coming out of in international break unless i'm on wild card so i just don't i i don't want to spend any more than a minus four is the the end of that yeah i think that's that's a really good that's really good perspective um i i I think that that uh is, is a good way to think about it that because we're not talking about players that are necessarily out for a long time right i mean I don't want to assume too much here, but you know, Salah has COVID and that's, you know, we hope, we hope that he's, we hope that he's well, um, you know, in the last, you know, but in the last international break, uh, Sadio Mane had not played in game week three because he had COVID. Right. And he, and he went out and scored in the first two minutes of the next game week. Um, you know, literally like basically from kickoff, right. He had, he was, (laughs) he was scoring again. And so, um, you know, if, if all these injuries are relatively minor, then, burning a bunch of points to burn up your team. It's not like you're, you know, Trent is one player. Trent is a different case. Right. And I think, uh, you know, if he's, he's out for several weeks and I think he's somebody yeah. who you, he has to go, you know, he's so and he was, he, a, he was a problem even before he picked up. Exactly. In some ways it makes it easier for you. Right. Yeah. It just it allows you to, to do it guilt free. Yeah. Um, and so I think that those, those players aside, I think if we're talking about uh Salah is maybe out for one week, Rashford out for one week or probably zero, Sun one to zero. This to me does not look like a minus eight, minus twelve game week either. Again, 
you know, we'll see. Well, I, this is a week where I would absolutely 110% um, any other cliches I can think of uh, wait until Friday to make all of my transfers and just take all those team value hits and, and just, you know, Sal is going to drop in price. Other players are going to drop in price. Players I'm looking at are going to rise and I'm just going to weather all of them and not even think about price changes right now because I really need to see who actually trains. I want to see what comes out of these press conferences um, cause you just don't know. And, you know, I think the scary thing is we could see even more, right? There's more, more international yeah. matches to be played still. Um, it feels like this season we have, we've just been hearing at these, these press conferences, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, James is still, you know, uh, his testicles need a week off or whatever. Right. That was, Tell that me was about it. it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, there's all, all just all kinds of random fluke injuries that have popped up already. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think for some managers um, out there, I know that there's, you know, a lot of them have been holding out from their on their wild card. Um, but I, my mind would certainly be getting itchy right now based on um, on, yeah. on, on the news yeah. that's coming through, for sure. Well, here's the thing, right? You burn points to make need necessary transfers to improve your team. You don't yeah. burn points just so you can field a full 11 and to bring in players that you may or may not want, want long-term. Yeah. Imagine you burn eight, 12 points this week going into a week where, you know, the fixtures don't necessarily line up for a number of players and you don't know what the outcome is going to be versus a similar week like this, where we have lots of COVID diagnoses and mysterious injuries. And we were going into a week where it was like a really profitable looking double game week for a bunch of teams. That's when I would want to be unfurling like minus 12, minus 16. And if I'm, burning a bunch of points to solve problems going to a, what could be a profitable double game week. Then I'm thinking, Oh, I did the same thing coming out of a really odd, uh, international break. Suddenly I'm down 32 points overall on the season. Um, just for these, these rash, um, transfer hits. Right. So I just feel like this is not the week to go crazy. Okay. Well in line. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there were an agreement there, but, there are managers that have even bigger issues here. And, you know, uh, question number five, Brian, I just, this, this, like, this is like a wish list. I don't know if I'm going to get to all these questions or not, Brian, but question number five from, because it's such a vibrant conversation. Uh, Sharklar. <laughs> it's sparkling like a glass of champagne. Sharklar has a question about the free hit chip. He says, I've already taken two hits already. Looks like I might need two more. This is, a, he's on a minus eight already. And I might mm-hmm. need two more to fix the injury fires. Is using the free hit now, the free hit chip, going to ruin my season later any more than a minus 16 will ruin it this week? What's your thoughts? Um, what are your just thoughts? don't do it. Just don't do it, Sharklar. You're on your two hits now, and that's as good as it's going to get. Now I think you take whatever team you have and you go into game week nine. Playing the free hit I don't think is going to be terribly profitable for you given what we've already said about what we expect from game week nine and taking a minus 16 is just, it's only a good idea. As I was just saying, if you're heading into a week where you think the results are just going to be hugely profitable and a little more predictable than what I expect from game week nine. I will, I will offer a counterpoint here, Brandon, Uh, because I, I I don't know. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, But Okay, <laughs> but but here's my here's my other take. Because honestly, to be totally quite honest with you, I wouldn't I wouldn't use a free hit either. Okay, so you know, so I'm not gonna you know uh, be like a total um, 
But this oh, is not oh, a do wrong. what we say podcast. <laughs> well, not always, no. Um, but I mean, I, I, it's, 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 I think it's interesting to talk this stuff through, right? That's, okay. that's the whole yeah. point of this podcast. Okay, let's, who wants talk, to be a millionaire? Yeah. But I mean, I always think it's funny how taking hits for everybody, everyone is so aggressive when it comes to taking hits. But when it comes to using a chip, everyone becomes like Warren Buffett. Like it's like all like it's got to be a blue chip game week. Like it can it has to be like the absolute most optimal situation. Um, got to play it safe. Got to play the percentages. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you actually need to take a minus 16 just to feel to see. Like let's say Sharko has like one of those imbalanced teams that some people have, right? Where you've got like a. Um, I mean, say he's got Sace on the bench, right? Like, you know, they just like play like, like maybe you can't even field more than nine players without burning points this week. Then, yeah. then maybe it is worth it. I mean, you know, you've got Man United playing uh, West Brom at home. You've got Everton playing Fulham away. I mean, you could take six players from those two, right? Most people don't have more than two or three players from those matches. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Villa playing Brighton at home. That should be a pretty good match. As far as we know, Villa emerged unscathed uh, injury-wise so far. I mean, you could... Grealish a- was man of the match in the loss to Belgium, as far as I read. I didn't watch any of the match, but yep. uh, all the ratings had him even rated higher than Mertens and KDB. So that team is in that team is good form. You could take a punt on Vardy, whose ownership is quite low. Um, you know, you could maybe bring in a Kilman. You know, like, so I, I think that there is a an argument for, for a free hit, um, both to avoid a minus 16 and also to capitalize on having a bunch of players for these really nice fixtures. Um, and just, and just, it, it would be a big roll of the dice for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, I think that there, there's an argument for it for sure. And I think, you know, if I was, yeah. if I was, if I was burning more than if, just my personal team, let's say I had, I don't know, like three more injuries pop up. Um, you know, I had to field eight players this week that I, I actually would think about a free hit this weekend. I would okay. certainly not be what I would prefer, but, um, yeah, I'm, I would, I would never burn minus 16 ever. Your creative thinking has, um, has made it not a open and shut case for me, Josh. I appreciate, okay. I appreciate your argument. Compelling argument. All right. Two more questions. Boston prop says, who's the best captain shout this week? If Salah is out, and I guess we don't actually quite know, do we, for sure? No, apparently he just had another test today, and depending on if it's positive or negative, he has another test in five days and so on and so forth. So it's not 100% that Salah is out for game week nine, but it's probably more likely than not that he's out. Yeah, especially especially if he doesn't train for two weeks, right? You probably wouldn't throw him right back into Mm -hmm. into the fire. Um, if Sal is out, uh, is Grealish worth a punt, possibly DCL, possibly Kane. So removing our own teams from the equation here for a second, if you were just, again, on a free hit ship this weekend, who would be your captain? I actually like the looks of Timo Werner. Werner scored a brace for Germany over the break and he's coming into form for Chelsea and this fixture for them against Newcastle the only the only problem is it's the first kickoff of the game week and you know your your mental well-being sort of rides or dies with how Werner would perform there but I don't think Newcastle's defense is is all that great so I do like Timo Werner but um for me on on my team and I think for most people because he's super highly owned this could be your opportunity to just go crazy with dominant Calvert-Lewin and give him the armband. Hmm. 
I think DCL is a good shout um, and somebody that I actually on my bus team right now, Brennan, I have Dominic Calvert-Lewin as my, as my uh, captain. Yeah. yeah. Sames. Sames. I think if Rashford trains all week, um, Rashford probably becomes my captain for, for game week nine. Um, is he also your vice captain and your bus team? Because he's my vice captain right no, now. No, I've got Harry Kane. I, uh, I'm your, your beloved talk. vice captain, yeah, exactly. Harry Kane. Yeah, okay. Safety pick. Um, I the think Kamala that, Harris of FPL, Harry <laughs> Kane. I think that, um, I think Bruno Fernandez is um, maybe the one player that I personally, if I were in a free hit, would, he'd be the first player on my team sheet if I were in a free hit. He'd be the player that I would bring in and the player that I would captain. Yeah. 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 100%. He was on my list just below Timo Werner, but yeah, I think given, <laughs> given the first fixture for Chelsea of mm-hmm. the game week, definitely moves Werner down the list and Bruno, it's just so many ways for him to score points. What I've really enjoyed about Bruno this season is the goals he's been scoring in open play away from the penalty spot. He, um, he looks good. The one red, the one concern about Manchester United though, is what don't, they haven't even won at old Trafford yet this season. That is weird. I know, but I, I'm banking on West Brom being so bad and Bruno actually, weirdly enough, has not been nearly as good at home as away. Yeah. Again, we're, we're, not, we're still talking about a very small sample size though. I mean, not to, yeah. not to be the sample size guy. And it's just like, not going to last. Yeah. The old Trevor yeah. thing will not last. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really make, I mean, I, okay, yeah, I guess that the, I know that they're better on the counterattack, but I just thought that the way that he scored, um, well, really, I guess the first goal, the second goal was a cross that went in, uh, in yeah. the, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> you know, which as Rashford owners, that one was, it was a little bit of a killer, but, um, that first goal that he scored, you're like, okay, right. This is like, Bruno is back a little bit. And I wonder if he got a little, a little jaded, uh, just from playing so many minutes uh, yeah. over the summer and then. Um, and then just at the start of this season as well. And maybe, I don't know. I felt like I, we saw like a new Bruno. I mean, he, he was so bad in the Arsenal match too. And so maybe, maybe that was, I don't know. Sometimes it spurs you on a little bit, right? Like he just, yeah. like it was, maybe he got Get some sharp, sharp words from the from management or something. Who knows? But um, yeah, so I think that he's a great shout. I think that, I, I do think that Kane is, is acceptable um, as, a, as a, as a pick this week. If you just kind of want to throw up your hands and say, I don't know who to go with here um, just because they are home. He's going to play 90 minutes. I'm not a believer in Man City's defense yet. Um, you know, and so I think, I think this is one that we may have to, to kind of table because of all the injury uh, concerns yeah. that are out there. But I think Timo is kind of a fun shot. I haven't really, I, I was a little out of left field. I wasn't really considering that. So um, yeah, definitely one to consider. Got to go for that upside. So I think the last thing that we really need to talk about, I just want to get your two cents on this and I'll give my two cents. It's, it's, it's just what a lot of people are thinking about is the last question for game week nine being what to do with Salah. Jamo asks if Salah is likely to be missing for at least one game, maybe just one game. What, what would it take for you to transfer him out? So if, Salah yeah. comes through. The COVID test says he has to miss game week nine, and he's almost certainly back game week 10, depending on how he uh, does uh, working through the illness. Where does that leave you with your uh, Salah issue? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, it kind of depends on where you are a little bit in the table. I mean, to be quite honest, Mr. Kelly, uh, if I were in your position, I would be extremely tempted to move Salah out for... Kevin De Bruyne. 
um, because De Bruyne's ownership is really low. Yeah. Um, most managers will not want to move Salah out, um, but the timing is actually pretty decent to do it, um, given given the state of that team. And I, I don't really know how things change. I mean, I don't know if Klopp decides that he's going to have to play a little more solid defensively, you know, like, like, like played a little bit safer. Um, or maybe they just go even more high press just because their only hope is to score goals. I know it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's hard to know how they're, how they're going to play it. So, um, so I I think that there is like, I actually think that, you know, like for me, I, I, I haven't a decent season so far and it feels needlessly risky for me to, Mm -hmm. to sacrifice Salah. But, I think if you're not having a great season, holding a solid feels almost needlessly safe. Um, you yeah. know, assuming that he does get another positive test and, and like for sure can't play this weekend. So yeah, yeah, maybe a wait and see. But I don't know. I think I'd probably move him. Yeah, that's good food for thought. Uh, I'm definitely on the fence, and um, the I, I you know it's like. You talk about the curse of two free transfers. I definitely lived the curse last season. And I suddenly got fixated on this idea that I was going to roll my transfer. And that's blinded me a little bit to the options of what I could do with, with that solid spot. So I need to give that more thought because yeah, I think you, I yeah. think you are right. Yeah. And so it may just depend a little bit on where you're on the table. I think that it's, uh, you know, how aggressive you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We've got a lightning round. We've got some fun questions, Brendan. I, I really like the opening question in this lightning round. So let's, let's take a break. We'll get right back. Brandon, 2020 has changed how we work. I know it's changed how I've worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you too, too, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I've been, in, yeah, I've been inside your home or your office for that matter in, in <laughs> more than a year. Uh, businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. By the way, if people don't know, you and I used to work like six blocks from each other. It's one of the one of the great things about living working in Midtown where our our long Midtown lunches. I really really miss those. No, I miss those meetups for sure. Yeah. Uh, Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match your job criteria. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. Try Indeed out at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's underlined, Brandon, anywhere. I'm underlining it myself. I just don't the notes here. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to take advantage of this offer. It's valid through December 31st and terms and conditions apply. All right, Josh, football, American football, the NFL, it's back in full swing. Josh, you saw the Lions won yet again, miraculously, four wins on the season. field goal, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So you out there, you might not actually be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, just like the Lions, Josh. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship features all day every day 
So head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use our promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, fellas, one last thing. 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Good Lord. Don't Tell me about it, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a disaster. Men and women. There's no no fellas here. We're all feeling that way. (laughs) Luckily, our partners at Manscaped made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private dog salon. Ooh, that just never, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, rolls off the tongue. Just rolls off the tongue there, yeah. Um, I know, it makes me feel like a like a, like the Midwestern man that I am. Uh, Manscaped <laughs> is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Also, it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. You know, my wife brushes her teeth in the shower, Brandon. Did I ever tell you that? Never heard of that before. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a thing. Her, yeah, she. Someone told her to start doing it, and now she does it every time. It's crazy. I don't know. Okay. Even further below the belt, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect Ooh. add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Brandon, to take advantage of all of this Manscaped stuff, use the code ALWAYS and get 20% off plus free shipping. You know, free shipping is actually very useful around this time of year, Brandon, if you're, you know, if you're gifting something to somebody. Tell me about it. Yeah. The shipping is often what, what, what like, like, you know, gets me to stop short, you know, doing something. <laughs> so 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Basically, all we're saying, and let's use code ALWAYS to get that, Brandon. Uh, all we're saying is if you love your package or you want to gift it to somebody who does, visit manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code always. Brandon, we're back. Lightning round of supporter questions. These are all Patreon supporter questions taken directly from our Slack. Nice. Like a little bonus Slack uh, Slack push there, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, FPL, Fat Boys Slim Fast. What a great double pun that is. Says, uh, can you explain how the FPL bonus point system works in layman's terms? Oh God. Um, Badly. (laughs) Let's see. I pulled up the rules page here in anticipation. I pulled up the rules page on the Mm -hmm. FPL site. Yep. This is not really layman's terms, um, but I just want to make sure I have it here because fat boy slim fast, where you want to go to check out the rules page is because there is this breakdown of all of the things that give you bonus points. Yeah. And what essentially the bonus point system is doing is giving invisible points to all of the players on the pitch for actions that they take that aren't regular FPL actions. Right. So the lay person playing FPL, watching the match, All they really are looking out for are goals, assists, and clean sheets. What the bonus point system is meant to account for are all the other actions that are happening on the the pitch, like numbers of passes and successful dribbles and take-ons and clearances and Mm -hmm. aerial duels. But to make it more complicated, the bonus point system is also giving invisible points to people who are scoring goals, who are getting assists. Right. So I think this is this is something that's become more apparent to me the longer I've played FPL in this modern bonus point era is this is a, the bonus point system is what makes forwards so valuable because forwards when they score a goal get more bonus points than 
uh, midfielders who score goals. So it's kind of like the players who are doing what they're supposed to be doing get rewarded with these invisible points. So right at the end of the match, all of these invisible points are tallied up. And whoever has the most, they get three bonus points. Whoever has the second most, it's two and, and so on and so forth. Wow, that was that very kind of sum it up. Yeah, I, I was wondering if he was wondering more about like how like bonus points get accumulated, like like the various factors that are involved in players accumulating bonus points, as opposed to the system. But I, I'm not actually sure. Like it could be that it, it, he was looking for he was looking for that. So I will just add on that um, there are certain factors in the bonus point system that you may not know if you're inexperienced, which is um, that bonus points are. Um, for goals in particular, I think, you know, bonus point, it's worth noting that um, a defender scoring a goal gets 12 bonus points, a midfielder scoring a goal gets 18, and a forward scoring a goal gets 24. So that's sort of in line with what you're saying about forwards. But I, yeah. I, I've never loved that the, that, a, that a, I like that it's goalkeeper or defender. I mean, first of all, if a goalkeeper <laughs> scores a goal, it should be more than 12 bonus Give points. Them that's incre- Give them like all the bonus points. bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, 12 for a goal, for, you know, for a defender scoring a goal seems a little low to me. Like if Trent... Yeah. Like, and I know the idea here is that they have, they have other ways of accumulating points, like a clean sheet or whatever. But I just think, like, if, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold scores a free kick goal, I, I'm not sure why that should count. Like, that should be half as many bonus points as a forward, like, you know, scoring, like, some gimme penalty that that they take just because of the designated penalty taker on the team. Yeah, but he's still getting he's still getting BPS for it. It's just leaving room for the forward to be more enriched by it, which I do think is fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess in the old, the old, this bonus system changed a few years ago. It used to be that if a goalkeeper got a uh, a goal, it kind of didn't matter. They could concede nine goals, and they were still going to get three <laughs> bonus points. Yeah, um, I think everything else is pretty straightforward. I mean, a lot of this stuff is hard to track, you know, with the naked eye. I mean, uh, for example, if you complete ninety percent of your passes, uh, I mean, obviously you can track this with with stuff like. Um, uh, sofa score or you know what, what what's your like preferred stat like who scored there's a, there's a whole bunch of good ones out there oh uh, yeah um transfer market i guess is where i go to find out historical stuff no but i was just thinking like like what like in matches you know like i like foot mob i guess is, is another good one. Oh yeah um, foot mob is the live um scoring app that i definitely use but no actually the the place that i go to just to track live bonus points during a match is a new pla.net f slash fpl slash live it's right. a very weird website but it's the one we've been using for years you go to a new pla.net slash fpl slash live and it just tells you in real time who's getting yeah. bonus points and who's not yeah so you, you can do that too I, I was just thinking like if you wanted to like try to figure out how things were going for your players um you can go to some of these sites and you can see what the you know, how, how many times they've been dispossessed, how many successful passes they've completed. And so you, you can kind of work it out yourself, you know, as the match goes, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're so inclined, you know, if you want to mm-hmm. check those things out, successful dribbles, successful tackles, these, it, like it is, kind of, I feel like every time I go to the bonus point accumulation page, I do kind of learn something that I had forgotten, you know, or just like, um, like missing a penalty is minus six bonus. Like that's, that's a pretty, it, you know, it basically explains why Vardy, even though I think he was the only goal scorer, right. And that yeah. it was, there was a one, it was only one goal in that match, right. In the, um, uh, in the, um, the Lester, um, the Lester Wolves match, he didn't get any bonus points cause he lost so many for missing that penalty. Um, and that is something that, that, you know, that's another thing that like I, the one, one of the bonus point accumulation things that I keep in mind is that, 
if you score the game-winning goal, you get three bonus points. So mm -hmm. that can be very important sometimes late on in the match when um, sometimes there's like a goal that is kind of meaningless or seemingly meaningless where a, a game is like 4-1 uh, and suddenly goes to 4-2. And I feel like as a fantasy manager, that's the like I, those, those things I, I'm very attuned to because that will often mean that one player gets the game winning goal bonus over another player. Yeah. And often the, the allocations are so close that that can actually make a big difference and pull yeah. someone up from, you know, one bonus point to three or something like that. Or the missed big chance, which is a minus uh, three. Yes. And that, that can sometimes be a killer, particularly for strikers who are, who are getting those big chances and yeah. either they convert them or they don't. And if they don't, it's, it can be a killer for their bonus point accumulation. Yeah. Making an error that leads to an attempt on goal as a minus one. I, I actually don't think I even knew that was a thing. I knew that was making an error which leads to a goal, but just an attempt on goal hurts you. Interesting. It's wild. It's wild stuff. It is wild <laughs> stuff. All right. Let's move on to, to question two. Uh, Dan Parsons says, with the season being so unpredictable in terms of injury, COVID, and schedule, it's not just pep roulette anymore, Brandon. Mm -hmm. What other Premier League manager games a chance we need to play? Nuno Uno? Clop, paper, scissors, or rolling the dice? <laughs> Got any more? I like it. Uh, I came up with one. Um, I like to play Frank's Blanks. Uh, <laughs> you know, you get a lot of Chelsea players under Frank Lampard who who blank. Uh, so, but sometimes they don't, and mm -hmm. it seems like more and more they are not blanking, which is good. But definitely early in the season, it was a big game of Frank's Blanks. Uh, I like uh, Parker Brothers. Brandon, it's a great game to play. Uh -huh. um, yeah, just every week I like to play uh, Parker, a, a Parker Brothers game, you know, and see mm -hmm. what's see what's uh, you know see what's happening. Uh, I wish that uh, former Arsenal legend Ray Parler, Brandon, was still uh, was, was still involved in the Parler tricks because the Parler tricks are Parler games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of Ralph Hassenhudel right now, and I'm trying desperately <laughs> to come up with some sort of pun on. Hassan Hoodle. So somebody out there listening is going to have to help us with, with that one. Um, all right. Uh, two more questions. Uh, SWAT says, in light of the events of the past week, do you guys feel there's any merit at all this season in going in early on a transfer to increase your team value? I guess the easy answer is no, right? Um, yeah. I, I find that most of the times when I'm tempted uh, just for team value, it's it's strictly for team value like one out of four times I go for the early transfer, it's because I won't be able to afford that player. If some prices change like that to me is the only instance in which it's really valid to go for an early transfer. If any movement in the market is going to price you out, but on the whole, like just like we, we are seeing in this international break, if you move early, you're putting yourself at huge risk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing else to add really. Um, and the final question, Brandon, this is just like an eases into ease into the week here. Sam Danby mm -hmm. says, should everyone just chill out? Is there anything we can do until Friday? <laughs> I guess not. I mean, you can kind of move your captaincy armband around and have a little fun with that. Uh, I don't think it's like making, you kind of want to make transfers just to do something, but I think you could just tinker around. You can pretend to make transfers. You can make different different teams and see what your teams might look like depending on what news we have by Friday. So it's not like you just stop thinking about FPL. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you take this question more seriously, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I <laughs> mean, I, all seriously. I, I'm just going to wait and yeah, wait until the internationals are done. Wait until all 20 press conferences are done. And, um, you know, I, I actually think this week when you were talking about you got that this two transfers idea locked in your head. I mean, if anything, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm where I get locked into a into a possible transfer. I want to keep yeah. my mind open to um, to different possibilities because I do hate that, like that, like Monday morning quarterback feeling where you're like, ah, like if I just done what I planned to do all week, my game week would have gone better, you know, and that's right. that is the worst feeling. So. Um, so yeah, I think chill out is, is the way to go. And I, I know I took, um, a lot of time off last week. Um, it was, it was almost like a little FPL vacation and, um, I don't know. I, I think it was really useful. So yeah, if you haven't done that yet, or if you were taking the, if you're, if you're still tracking everything very seriously this week, maybe take Monday through Thursday off and just, you know, you've already listened to the podcast, you've locked in, you know, our download, that's crucial. Uh, and now and I, I can step away. Uh, Five stars on Apple yeah, Podcasts. Exactly. Step away until the Patreon podcast. Yeah. Right. And and that's a good segue into our outro, Josh, because this is not the last word we'll have no. on Game Week 9. I haven't heard the last from us. <laughs> if you are a Patreon supporter, we'll be back uh, later in the week, usually Thursday night, early Friday, with a game week nine uh, sort of last minute deadline scramble, last minute mm-hmm. decisions, transfers, captaincy discussions. Cause it's, yeah, I feel like this is not the last bit of news we'll have this week. Yeah. So it, yeah. If, if you, if you do want to get involved and, and check out that extra podcast, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating and get all of that bonus FPL content. Yeah, that, that sounds good. And yeah, no, no Friday fixers this week either. So I think it's uh um, I think, you know, I think it's a good, I think we will wait until Friday to do that pod just to, just to really wait until those press conferences are done before we make any big decisions. Okay. So yeah, patreon.com slash always cheating. And as always, we'd like to thank our producers and I'll just run through our, our beloved producers real quick. And then Josh, you can, you can take us home. Okay. And, uh, those producers are Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kaya, Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock. I'm going in a slightly different order here, Josh, because the Google Doc has has uh, mixed it up. So this is fun. Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Toothless Given, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Luno Stew, Producer Matt, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland. Jazz Binning, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdonkis, Sam Shower, Henry Baker, Will Husby, Rich Evans, and Bobby Styles. What a, what a great list. What a great list of fantastic producers that is. Uh, thank you to Carrie Swanson in particular. Brandon showed me a photo of her gin and tonic that she was enjoying last weekend. Of course, uh, I, I was enjoying one in our our uh, poker game recently. I, I, I too. Well, I, I went wine all weekend, Brandon. I, a lot of alcohol talk in this podcast recently, but uh, maybe, yeah, I, I gotta, I think I need some new gin. I think that's really mm. what it is. You know, there's some fancy I'm mixing things up with some water as we record this podcast. And oh, it wow. is refreshing. It's nice. Uh, I was drinking wine. I will, I will, I will admit. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that's the pod. If you want to, uh, if you, you know, we'd love for you to, um, to subscribe to the podcast. And if you uh, are so inclined, and Apple, I just noticed Apple just redid their podcast app. So now would be a great time. If you've been holding off on submitting an Apple podcast review or just didn't feel like it, 
Uh, now it's time you can even just go in there and give us five stars. If you wanted to make a little comment, that would be great as well. It helps people find the podcast, uh, which is good for us. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Citra, Acast, and everywhere else the podcasts are found. You can follow us all over social media. I won't run through all those handles, but you can find them very easily. Just Google our name plus whatever social media platform you're looking for. Uh, you can email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com, and you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com, to learn more. Thank you for listening. God bless you, Empikani. Sweet, sweet Poku. I hope you're having a good night wherever you are. Poku forever. Bye.